Welcome back to Empowered Rx. We are the mentorship program and community that helps women who have had their lives disrupted by trauma to reclaim their health and step into their power. At Empowered Rx, we believe in the transformative and healing power of fitness, nutrition, and mindset. We're here to give you actionable tips and resources that will help you get back on track and reach your goals. We are here to help you turn your struggles into strengths so that you can be so strong, so healthy, and so empowered. Welcome back to Empowered Rx. We are the mentorship program that helps women to turn their struggles into strengths. Today I'm here with Mackenzie, who's in our mentorship program, and she does weightlifting with us once a week. Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Mackenzie. Um, I'm 18. I'm from Grafton, Mass. I just graduated high school. Um, I've been in eating disorder recovery for almost a year now, and I've recently joined the Empowered um, group and started lifting, so I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So today, Mackenzie and I kind of want to talk about the high school experience and exposure to diet culture and what it might be like for young girls uh, today who are struggling and being exposed to some of these concepts. So Mackenzie, tell me first of all a little bit more about your your personal experience. Yeah, so um, I went to a private middle school, so transferring to um, high school was a little difficult um, because it was like a whole new group of people, um, people that I hadn't really seen in a while. Um, and trying to fit in in high school, I think, is already really tough and trying to find your group. Um, and then on top of that, not really knowing anyone. Um, so I definitely struggled in high school kind of finding my people, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like a lot of pressure put on like girls specifically like you have to find your group and like who are your best friends and like who are your girls and it was really stressful for me and I didn't feel like I fit in I unfortunately also experienced a lot of bullying um sorry <laughs> it's okay um throughout high school especially like my freshman sophomore year um so that paired with um, kind of all these ideas that are being thrown at you at such like a vulnerable, influential period, um, I think definitely played a role in how I perceived myself and what I perceived to be normal. Okay, definitely. And I'm, when I was in high school, I remember the whole click thing. I wanted to be friends with like many different people mm -hmm. and it was like frowned upon to yeah. mix and mingle and dabble and people wanted you to stick to your core group of friends right and I didn't and I, I did feel alone too so I can mm -hmm. totally relate to that yeah you were talking about a definition of what you perceive to be as normal mm -hmm. talk to me about what the perceived normal is to maybe a teenage girl yeah um I think that one of the biggest things I recognize now even being in recovery and kind of like reflecting upon my high school experience um, is how normalized kind of diet culture is, especially mm -hmm. in the high school environment. Um, whether it's you're in health class and they're like telling you that you could be counting calories and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And um, the stigma around eating disorders, I think in high school is 
um, super toxic and I think it creates a really bad rep and this like almost guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and really struggling and then you look around and realize how many people are struggling around you but because of this like environment that has been created it's normalized so totally um I think for me it was really difficult so I was in residential this year for a few months so Mm -hmm. um when I came back to school I would go to lunch and I would be like the only one eating Mm -hmm. and I was like really upset by that because I was like why do I have to eat but no one else does and then I was like getting mad at other people because I was like why aren't you eating but then I had to kind of take a step back and realize no like this is normalized like this isn't something that is shocking like Mm -hmm. it's only shocking to me because I haven't been in this environment for like x amount of time Mm -hmm. but um this isn't something that's like concerning to anyone Mm -hmm. and that was like I think like really shocking and upsetting I was like no like this isn't supposed to be this isn't normal like this isn't okay like um someone should do something about that but that's just kind of the culture that's created totally and when I was in high school mental health wasn't even being discussed Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. didn't talk to us about depression anxiety eating disorders they weren't mentioned we definitely knew like maybe in our school who was struggling you could tell a little Mm -hmm. bit more than others but one of the stigmas is that you know, there's this concept of health at every size and you don't always know based on what somebody looks like what their internal health is. Absolutely. And so there's probably many more people struggling out there than we even realize. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would go to lunch and nobody would be eating. Mm-hmm. All the girls would just be like kind of sitting there chatting. Nobody would bring their lunch or they'd just go toss it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the it just was normalized. That was like yeah. a normal thing to do. And I look back and I'm like, what the heck? That's uh-huh. just not <laughs> healthy at all. Right. And in, yeah, and health class I remember them teaching us about calories mm-hmm. and and weight gain and obesity and yep. things like that uh, but they didn't teach us about eating disorders no I vividly remember sitting in health class and watching a video on like obesity and um obesity in like America and mm-hmm. how bad it was mm-hmm. and it just it completely contributes to like the fat phobia that mm-hmm. has been created um because it made everyone just like in the room really uncomfortable like oh like I don't want to look like that look like that it like automatically like without saying it flat out puts a standard on to what is healthy mm-hmm. and what is normal mm-hmm. and what your body should look like mm-hmm. and when in reality if we were all on the same diet eating the same things we would still look different ways because we're just not created right. equally so right. but it like created this idea that oh no like this is healthy this is like what's presumed healthy if mm-hmm. you don't look like this then there must be something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not right. It's not what we perceive to be, like, healthy. Yeah, and so I've heard of kids as, like, young as, like, second grade being exposed to the concept of calories and mm-hmm. obesity and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then when we're younger in our developmental years, we're exposed to it by the role models and people around us. Mm-hmm. And because diet culture is so pervasive, mm-hmm. it ends up kind of planting a seed in our brain from, like, a really early age yeah. that we should look like something. Mm-hmm. And once we go into recovery and maybe see through a different lens, we can almost feel, well, there's a state of disillusionment, but we almost feel like we can't trust what's around us or we yeah. don't understand what's real and what's not. It's very, very disorienting mm-hmm. because, like you said, everybody around us is immersed in toxic diet culture. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to not be makes you feel like an outsider after already feeling like one to be Exactly. With. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like you're just, like, recovering in a world that is 
like against recovery and like is completely immersed in um engulfed by diet culture and these ideas that um people in recovery are taught that is like completely a lie mm-hmm. so then it's really easy to believe it like sometimes in your own little bubble but then you go out into the like world where these concepts aren't being taught and they aren't being talked about mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to keep that in mind and to like hold that to you um Mm -hmm. which like raises the question like why are these things being talked about like why do you have to be struggling so much to like get the kind of education around um these things so um yeah I think it'll be interesting to see like if that can maybe change in like years to come like how can we incorporate more of these like um ideas and morals that really go against diet culture and go against like what we've been taught for so long Mm -hmm. um and how that would affect young girls and um like play a role into how many people really struggle with any sort of like mental health Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a great point and one of our goals with empowered we have a program called girl power Mm -hmm. and so that's a preventative um it's like a re-education program we go into either groups of kids or schools or we have them come to our facility and we basically re-educate them on what health should look like Mm -hmm. um rather than what diet culture tells us it should look like and these young girls will come in and they'll all be really depressed and hate their bodies and all this stuff and when they realize that diet culture is a concept that's not reality Mm -hmm. um they they seem very confused but they Mm -hmm. automatically feel a little better and so it'll be interesting to see in a couple years if that ended up making a difference yeah we'll see i think Mm -hmm. it needs to be kind of constant education on it. absolutely yeah talk to me a little bit about like how your struggles first began Mm -hmm. um and maybe how they evolved yeah um so kind of looking back on it i really struggled i think in middle school um i think subconsciously i wasn't even aware that what I was thinking or how I was feeling was not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this is just what everyone feels. Like, no one likes their body. No mm-hmm. one feels confident. No, like, this is just, like, how it's supposed to be. This mm-hmm. is the normal, like, teenage girl experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of just pushed it under the rug. I didn't really pay that much touch to it. I'm like, this is just, like, how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, like, into high school, um, like the environment that I was kind of in and the triggers that were occurring um definitely pushed me to use some coping mechanisms that became really unhealthy Mm -hmm. um and but I still I don't think was aware of it until quarantine hit and um I think everyone can relate to really struggling in Mm -hmm. any way shape or form during quarantine whether um you feel like you struggled before or like now I think quarantine hit everyone like it did and um I think that those kind of coping mechanisms that I'd created earlier on Mm -hmm. um in the years before um when the opportunity came and like the situation like the perfect storm kind of was a brewing Mm -hmm. um those coping mechanisms like took full force and really just became super toxic and unhealthy. Um, so last year I think was my junior year was like the year I struggled the most. I just felt really alone Mm -hmm. and, um, I was finally able to reach out for help once I realized like how kind of not normal this is. I was like talking with, um, my best friend, 
Um, and she was like, no, like, this isn't kind of what, like, you're supposed to feel. Like, this isn't mm. normalized. I'm like, oh, I think, like, everyone's just feeling this way right now. And she's like, not really. Um, so she helped me tell my mom that, like, no, I really am struggling. And um, more than kind of everyone else's, I think, right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and even if I wasn't, like, I still deserve help. Of course, uh, of course. And I think that's, like, a really, like misconception is like you don't have to be at your lowest ever to like receive help like no matter where you are no matter how you feel you deserve and need that support and um love and like just like the education and help because like no one can really do it alone um so I think that was really like pivotal for me like okay like no matter where I am right now, like, I don't have to be sicker to get help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that I definitely really struggled with um, and still struggle with is the idea of sick enough, which I'm sure you've I, yes, mentioned yes, and I talked about. Yeah, I could go on a rant on And just feeling like, yeah, like, I am sick, but, like, once I'm this sick, mm-hmm. then I'll be able to get help. Okay, but, like, once I'm this sick, then it would be, like, but, the, and that idea that you can't receive help or you don't, need it until you're at this benchmark that will never stay the same it's always going to change right um um, so realizing that like okay like wherever I'm at like I'm still I can get help right now yeah that's one of the concepts we try to to promote is that you're worthy of self-care and Mm -hmm. love and help at any point in your life not Mm -hmm. just for people who have eating disorders not just for people who struggle with mental health but life ebbs and flows and you should be able to get any services or help that you need. Absolutely. And part of the stigma around eating disorders is this idea that you have to be a certain size mm-hmm. to get help or right. to enter recovery. Mm-hmm. And that is such a miscon- misconception um, that can really harm a lot of people because Absolutely. It, it's not always uh, that women are underweight who struggle with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. It's not always obvious with mm-hmm. outward signs or symptoms. And so we can struggle in silence. And I think the schools are doing a huge disservice to our youth by not exposing them to these concepts Mm -hmm. or not even having a program that can can really help people at that age because I think it's like one in five girls will have an eating disorder in high school. And I believe that uh, the average girl starts her first diet at age 12. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that, it's like, why is this not... I mean, we had dare drug abuse resistance education right why don't we have anything on body image or anything Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. yeah that's a huge concern um tell me a little bit about what you thought recovery was going to be like and then what it actually ended up being like yeah um so I thought recovery was impossible not gonna lie um I think when I was really really deep in my eating disorder like the idea of ever being comfortable in my body ever accepting my body ever being able to kind of get out of the place that I was felt super impossible and just not even really worth it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so just unhappy that I didn't really care anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is really sad to like say now and like I kind of get embarrassed to admit it, but it's true and like that's kind of the reality of um, what eating disorders can kind of do. They just make it seem like it's just not really worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I definitely resisted recovery for a while, Um, especially those first few months that I was new to recovery, Um, the amount of fights I would get in with my parents and Mm -hmm. stuff, and 
like I just remember my mom saying like this isn't you like I just it's really difficult like I just don't recognize you like mm-hmm. this just isn't the Mackenzie that we know mm-hmm. and um I think that I and then I, I would hear that and I was like yeah but like well this is me this is me like this is who I am I took my eating disorders so strongly as part of my identity mm-hmm. that I was like if you can't like accept me or whatever like where I am then like you don't really know me and stuff Mm -hmm. um and that was a really hard like kind of fight and to like battle with myself like no this is me like no one is accepting like who I really am Mm -hmm. um so like while I couldn't accept like what was kind of happening to me because I was like putting up this barrier like oh no my inusor is just my identity like it's not a real problem like all this stuff until I entered um, residential treatment uh, last fall um, was when I really started to be able to, like, see myself as someone rather, like, other than, like, having an eating disorder. Oh, and I will admit, like, I still really struggle with letting go of the eating disorder as part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be a lifelong struggle. Mm-hmm. But being able to identify myself outside of my eating disorder was a huge step Mm -hmm. in my recovery that I really didn't think I'd ever be able to get to. Mm -hmm. Like, I never thought I'd be able to, like, kind of distinguish my voice, my true, like, Mackenzie voice Mm -hmm. from, like, my eating disorder voice. That just seemed super impossible. But now, being, like, in the recovered world, like, I... Like, it, it's sad. Like, I'm, I look back and I'm like, wow, like, I really didn't think that there was anything, like, beyond this. Mm-hmm. And now I am so much happier and, like, my life is so more, like, fulfilling and my relationships have gotten so much stronger and I'm able to, like, look at myself and see myself, like, as someone who's so much more than someone with an eating disorder like I'm an empath and I love to be with mm-hmm. friends and like all these things that I can list that I never was able to like confidently say before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I feel like that's just like the biggest change in anyone who like is struggling and doesn't think that they're going to be able to recover like to recover I didn't think I was going to be able to either mm-hmm. and I was like convinced like I'm just going to do it because everyone else wants me to mm-hmm. and then if you can like starting to recognize that like you want to do it for you like Mm -hmm. now I want to recover for me Mm -hmm. before I wanted to recover for my friends my family like it was never really for me Mm -hmm. and that mentality has totally switched to like no this is for me like I'm gonna be the best that I can be and I'm gonna live my life to the fullest and all these things um I never thought I would got there so if you're out there and you're struggling with that like please take my words of advice that you can do this and that you're not alone and that through hard work and it's not going to be easy (laughs) it's going to be really really difficult but you can get there amazing yeah no that's beautifully said and so much of what you're saying hits me hits home for me because Mm -hmm. I've gone through many traumas and experienced many forms of struggle and And there were times when I just was like, what's the point, Mm -hmm. right? And that's when I was just immersed. There Mm -hmm. was no way that I could separate my own voice. And then, like you said, I started to, like, try to help myself because of other people in my life. Mm -hmm. I still didn't think I was worthy of care and of of having a fulfilling life Mm -hmm. deep down. And Mm -hmm. once you address that, like, no, I am worthy, everything starts to change. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was awesome advice for 
for those struggling out there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your short, I know you haven't been with us too long, but mm-hmm. experience and exposure to Empowered. Yeah. And what your perception has been and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm totally in love with it. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. Like, I love coming here. I think that um, I really struggled with exercise before um, in my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm an athlete, and I have been since I can remember. So um, kind of exercise and being involved in any type of athletics has always been something that's, like, kind of part of my life. Mm-hmm. But my eating disorder completely took that over. And mm-hmm it wasn't enjoyable and it was just this toxic like unhealthy coping mechanism again um and now I feel like I'm finally able to enjoy exercise and like feel strong Mm -hmm. and um I think the most like amazing thing is that like I'm exercising to feel good about myself not to change myself yeah and that like holy moly like I didn't think that would happen like mm-hmm. I always saw working out as like a way to like transform my body mm-hmm. um and now I'm like no like I'm not gonna change anything like I'm just gonna become more confident in like who I am and like I'm gonna feel good in my skin and I feel like that's something that is like whether you have an eating disorder or not like it's really difficult to feel good in your body mm-hmm. um so I feel like this program is really helped me like just the past like few weeks that I've been here and like I'm so excited to kind of continue that and um build upon that strength awesome we love having you as part of our community (laughs) and I love that you're doing this podcast with us I know it takes vulnerability and confidence and so I think this is another step in your healing journey to even be able to come and talk about this stuff yeah um so before we wrap up why don't you give us a couple of tips for those who maybe are younger in high school Mm -hmm. or maybe who are starting recovery or maybe girls that just are struggling with the diet culture around them Mm -hmm. um I have a few (laughs) um I think one recognize that you deserve help whenever um you don't have to be at your lowest and you're always worthy of seeking out some support and help um I think just like quickly touching upon social media um social media and what you like watch and what you look at can really be um influential and kind of um subconsciously affect how you view yourself and others Mm -hmm. um I think for me when I started to become mindful of what I was seeing on social media I was able to make changes Mm. um and now I look at my social medias my TikTok my like Instagram and it's so uplifting instead of super like condoning and like oh change this change this and like comparison Mm -hmm. um so I think that it's something that definitely should be talked about like the social media aspect like just be aware like kind of take a moment to step back and look and what are you really watching how is that actually going to affect you Mm -hmm. what is your like immediate reaction when you see something like that is it positive or negative mm-hmm. if it's negative you don't need it nope. it's not unfollow it. unfollow, it, unfollow. It's I always that say like simple. social media cleanse go yep. through every yep. account it takes like a couple hours but uh-huh. it will totally it like, give you energy to not have your life sucked by a diet culture Ab- absolutely yeah. 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 yeah um and just surrounding yourself around people who make you feel good and are supportive and love you um I think that it's really hard to recover if you're around people who are constantly bringing you down. It mm-hmm. sucks a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. So just recognizing that you deserve to be surrounded by love and support. 
yeah. love that. <laughs> Mackenzie's brought tears to my eyes like so many times just because she's so strong. She's like a recovery warrior and she is just a brave girl who's going to help so many people out there with her story. You. Um, and you remind me a lot of myself. So yeah, yeah I'm, I feel for my younger self and I feel for you and I'm so proud of you. Can't wait you. to see you get stronger. And um, we'll be back in a little bit with another episode. But until then, guys, thank you for tuning in. And uh, have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Empowered Rx. If you want to find us for more information or to understand more about our services, you can find us on Instagram at EmpoweredRx or you can join our free Facebook community filled with women who are all trying to get healthy and happy. To find that community, simply go to Facebook and search for the Empowered RX community. Have a great day, you guys, and stay well.